Round one, go. 150 million. 150 million. No, 170 million, wasn't it? 150 million people killed with guns since 2007. Half the population of the United States of America. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon. This is Doug and Marty versus the world. And of course, Doug Bassler is talking about the Democratic debate um, just a couple days ago. Um, the last one before Super Tuesday, the last one before this weekend for the uh, uh, North Carolina primary. Uh, and Joe Biden, um, the former front runner, um, basically <laughs> out there and said there's been 150 or 170 million people killed through gun violence in 2007. Uh, totally yeah. lie. Not true. But Crazy. what was shocking to me, Doug, was no one else called him on it. No one. <laughs> the other six just went, uh-huh, okay, that sounds about right. Yeah. Half the population, uh, come on. Half the population of the United States is, um, was, you know, I am not going outside. The carnage on the streets has got to be incredible. If, if one out of two people is getting shot down you know, in, I'm since not, 2007, I'm, that's a yeah, lot of people, bro. That would be a biblical proportions if you think about it, right? Well, you know, when people were two be walking and one be taken up, you know, not the same thing. Um, but, you know, or, or the, the plagues that come where half the population is wiped out through a plague. Uh, no. In fact, the numbers are, oh, since 2007, about 300,000 people have died based on a, on a, on a firearm, and 90% of those were by suicide. So uh, completely off on numer numbers. Um, but it, it's an example of, I'm kind of worried. I mean, I don't have any love loss for the former vice president. He's a Democrat. He's got ideas that I don't agree with, so I wouldn't vote for him anyway. Um, that said, I do feel bad. I mean, lately he's been making a whole lot of statements that make no sense. Calling people funny names that I've never even heard yeah, about. Well, you know. He announced he's little, that uh, he's a in, little eccentric. In North Carolina that he's running for U.S. Senate, which I'm like, okay. <laughs> I heard that too. <laughs> what in the world's going on? So, no, what race? I just know that if you want to be. Um, Vice President Joe Biden, you say, here's the deal. <laughs> That's what he says. Here's the deal. Come on, man. <laughs> Come, Come on, man. man. <laughs> you know, I, I meant, you know, I meant 350,000 when I said 150 million. Come on, man. Uh, there was some 1.5 million violent somethings. Mm. So that was probably what Joe 30330. It was referring to. Yeah. So if, if our <laughs> listeners um, did not, um, force themselves to stomach the uh, two-plus-hour debate on, uh, I think it was on CBS or ABC. ABC, I think it was. Um, I watched it, you know, and, and there were several times where I'm like, oh, my gosh, how bad can they get? And, you know, you, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm biased, and I, I can I objectively you, go on, um, I'm biased. Do you, do, you, do you run down and watch the train wrecks, too? I mean, is it? I, yeah, sometimes you just, <laughs> it's fascinating to see, you know, human stuff going on. And yeah. this was interesting because they were trying to fight, trying to find their edge. And of course they, they knew this is Bill that they're going to go after Bernie Sanders, the front runner. And they're afraid that a socialist, a communist uh, will get the nomination and he's leading and, and has a good chance super Tuesday to get it. That said, um, Elizabeth Warren was very gentle. She was, you know, she would criticize, but she said, well, Bernie's right, but I would do it better. I thought it was interesting how she's playing for it. And I heard a commentator say commentator say that she's vying for vice president. 
Well, that's kind of obvious. I mean, yeah. we don't need a commentator to uh, tell us uh, when she's come in, you know, fourth and yep. fifth and sixth and all that. that she's not going to get the nomination that Bernie keeps winning. And Bernie. Uh, Buddha, yeah. Buddha, Buddha, Buddha Judge. Buddha Judge. Yeah. Buddha Judge. Edge Edge. Uh, Buddha yeah. Edge Edge. I it was funny <laughs> it's about fun Buddha to say. Edge. It's it fun is. to say Buddha yeah. Edge Edge. But I wouldn't want to be him. I'm sorry. No. The plastic well, man. He is you know, very polished when it comes to platitudes and sayings. I know he polished. got busted. He got yes. um, sort of blasted on the news, even the mainstream news, about the fact that he plagiarized uh, President Obama's speech. And we keep on comparing him to Obama because he has that sort of out of nowhere, a nice, uh, speaks well on stage, says nothing, can, can basically talk for an hour, and you go, what do you say? You know, um, but he had a couple one-liners in there. Um, that were really funny, and I think you would have appreciated it, Doug, but it was one of those things where it didn't go anywhere. It didn't land well, but he compared, you know, the, on one side you have socialist Bernie, right, wants to burn down the party, and the other side you have Bloomberg that wants to buy the party. It was, you know, we need someone in the middle, and I go, all right, but you can tell these were planned. He didn't come up with them on the spot. They were like, okay, where can I fit this into the debate? Uh, and I'm like, okay, well, Okay, whoever wrote this for you, um, those were good. There's a better way to deliver them. Well, at least they're getting more fun to watch. Right. You know, it's more entertaining now because they're, you know, going after each other. Knives out. They got the knives out or whatever. And what was it? The the, the debate before this, they said that Bloomberg brought a knife to the gunfight or whatever. He was not prepared. And Elizabeth Warren brought a bazooka to the gunfight or to the knife fight. Amy Klobuchar did terrible in this debate. She looked really bad. She had done so well before. She did better last time. She had a a rising, not so good this time. And I will tell you this. uh, I thought Booty did did okay, but he's, I think this is done for him. Um, Bernie just was, he would just shout people down. Uh, he just got yeah, louder. Bernie got, Bernie got upset with people when he got booed. He doesn't like yeah. being booed. Mr. Thin skin, you know, right. you're going to get, you know, get their names. We're putting them in the, in the concentration camps when I'm elected. Absolutely uh, insane. But, um, which is typical of the communist, you know, regime. They don't like to be criticized. You know, people that criticized uh, Saddam Hussein ended up, you know, yep. dead. And, and Isaac Clinton's end up dead. Well, um, and he's praising it Fidel Castro and the, the education program. They got him on that a few times. He just doesn't seem to fade him. <laughs> you know, it just amazes the education, me. The education program that he did in the education camps. I yeah. mean, is that, you know, no, it was like a literacy thing, right? Illiteracy, right. But the I mean, the, way you, the way you said it, I was thinking hey, education camps, man. That's, that's <laughs> very, very progressive idea. Across America, you have the mainstream media parodying Bernie Sanders now talking about how great the education system was in how Cuba. great the healthcare in Cuba. <laughs> we're like, are you kidding me? This guy, Oh my God. Talk about oppression and tyranny and, and totalitarian. Oh my gosh. Uh, that's why, that's why the Cubans, if they can get one foot on American soil, they can stay because it's so tragic there. It's, it's amazing. So anyway, um, Yep, yeah. it's a train wreck. I, I do have a prediction, though, after having not watched the debates, yep. watching the highlights, listening to your sage commentary, parsley sage, rosemary, and thyme commentary, <laughs> um, I have a prediction of who the candidate, who the ultimate uh, nominee will be. Okay, who's that? Hillary Clinton. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> She'll yeah. come riding in to a brokered convention on a white steed 
with a There's, beautiful scarlet cape and she the, will save the day and we will see what happens i know that when donald trump got the nomination for republicans there's a big push for cruz a lot of upset people trying to do a broker's convention and it's a different story here i understand that and then thank god it didn't happen that Joe well, it depends president. on what happens on super tuesday right because right. you have right. no clear winner again or you know bernie sanders kind of inching his way because bernie sanders does not have an overwhelming no he's delegate. got about a third of the vote and so but if he keeps a third a third a third um he'll have to do like you said a broker convention so um, crazy stuff, but and, and no, no pun on crazy Bernie there. But you're right. I, I even though I was disappointed, and I think um, Buttigieg is done. I think he's an outlier. I t I've said this for since we began the whole 20 candidates back then that he's like a snake in the grass. I'm telling you, uh, don't count him out. Biden, I think, is done. We'll see after the primaries. I mean, after the Super Tuesday, um, Bloomberg is still spending boatloads of money now. You're an advertiser. He's what if spending Bloomberg nothing. is spending all the money with you? Huh? Bloomberg has what? Sixty million, seventy mil 60 billion dollars, and yes. he's spending a billion. It's like, well, I only got fifty-nine billion left. You know, so <laughs> I mean, I think it's unheard of, though. The person has spent a billion much, of his own money. Well, how much? Wow. How much is a billion? It's a thousand million dollars. Okay, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I got a thousand million dollars. And I got $59,000 million and I'm worried about getting food on the table, not, or putting gas in the car, not. No, so no. he could spend half. I mean, literally the guy could spend half his money and still be one of the richest men in the world. So yeah, I mean, you could possibly buy an election. Now, the thing is that, that, that that's scary to me or that is, you know, telling to me, I guess, is that, you know, he puts all this money in and now he's considered one of the front runners, but he hasn't right. won any delegates yet. No delegates. He's not, <laughs> he, this is his first primaries in Carolina. So and they're he, saying, oh my gosh, the front runner is Bernie Bloomberg and, and Buttigieg. Biden. And Biden. Yeah. Oh, they think Biden? They do think Biden's still there. Well, because they, of South Carolina, but if Biden correct. doesn't win South Carolina, hands down. Right. I okay. predict he'll be done. I, I'm sure you've noticed this, but uh, first of all, they're all white guys. That's one thing. Number two, though, all their last names start with B. You know, you know, uh, you know not not Bernie, but it's Bernie, but you go Bernie. B, all of them have the letter B. The B, in their sorry, name. letter B. That's right, Bernie, Correct. right? Biden, Bernie, Biden, Buttigieg. You know, it's like that's weird. Bloomberg, <laughs> Bloomberg, Pocahontas. Okay, well, that not that one. But I, I know what you mean. Yeah. So, um, so Pocahontas is going to now self-identify as a white man. She might have to in the, in the Democrat race. The, the race, the Democrat Party, the party supposedly of diversity, which we know that's not true. So um, inclusive. They're so yeah, inclusive. Yeah. Is down to you know senior citizen level white people. There's a communist, a billionaire. It's like it's like Gilligan's Island, right? The billionaire, you know. Uh, and his communist wife. and his wife too. Yeah. A movie star. <laughs> a movie star. Right. That'd be uh, the professor yeah. and Marianne. Which one's the professor? It's got to be crazy Bernie, right? Except he doesn't do math. He That's doesn't true. do. He doesn't. <laughs> I wasn't going to cause Bernie. Well, I can't count all the nickels and dimes and quarters. Yeah. Uh, 60 trillion. 60 uh, trillion. Okay. So if a billion is a thousand million. Is a trillion a thousand billions? I think that's I think the it way is. it works, yes. So that's 10,000 millions. 
A, a trillion is 10,000 million. That's crazy. Yep. I think that's correct. I just one million. <laughs> Toss me a Anyway, million, so I'll make bottom line though, it, it is going to be a fascinating time in the next, on Super Tuesday for Eastside Republican Club as well as we're having a meeting. It's going to be fa fascinating to see who gets the delegates. Who gets what? And, and who gets what, right? And who, you goes know? Through the, who goes through the buffet twice? Well, there we go. And then- <sighs> That will the Democrat Party uh, organize to defeat Bernie like they did in 2016? Um, will they? I don't be think they're going to be able him? to. I don't think they're going to be able yeah. to. Uh, the president had a uh, a, a brief um, uh, what do you call it press conference on the yep. coronavirus. The stock market's down, you know, a lot, a lot um, yep, because 3%. of, of yep. the supply chain problem which is you know and the fear like a lot of the stock markets built built on fear right and sure optimism more fear so this is fear and we don't know what's going on so what do you say and the president said that you know hey we've got you know eighty thousand people die from the flu every year in america um you know we've we've lost no one to coronavirus uh calm down people basically right. is what he's saying so, um, you know, I've heard the theories that uh, the Democrats are pulling for the coronavirus because the only thing they, you know, can beat Trump on is Trump's got the economy and all that. So they're, they're, they're probably rooting for that. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to have some more interviews from the Roanoke conference we had down at uh, Ocean Shores Ocean here Shores. in uh, late January. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. For our government to work the way it was intended, citizens from all walks of life must volunteer to run for elected offices. But how do you begin? EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com can help. You'll receive expert help to navigate your campaign and communicate your message. From candidate filing to voters' pamphlet statements, fundraising, and social media, you'll find what you need to run an effective and affordable campaign. EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com. The road to victory starts here. This is Claire. Claire has a great business and she wanted to advertise on YouTube, but she didn't know how. It was all so confusing. Setting up an account, choosing keywords and demographics, and she didn't know how to make a video. Then Claire discovered the secret to great YouTube ads. The experts at EasyYouTubeAds.com took care of all the details from account setup and management to producing her video ads. Now Claire's friends all want to know how she got so smart. EasyYouTubeAds.com. No experience necessary. And we're back and ready to go as usual. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. I'm not sure if I'm ready to go, but I'm well, going Well, you better anyway. be ready to go because the microphone is on, the record light is on, and guess what? Our One of our favorite guests, Keith Swank, is here. He is a candidate for the United States Congress. In U.S. The Congress? Congressional District, formerly occupied by Sheriff Riker and now currently occupied by Schreier Schreier pants on fire. Oh my gosh. So yeah. uh it, it was a it was a strong Republican held congressional district for the last, you know, I don't know, twenty years, right? I know they redistrict it, but for a long time it's been very conservative, conservative leaning, Republican held. And now we've got, you know, the you know, the pediatrician who thinks we should abort up to the day of birth. Or after, exactly. And right. that we should impeach the president and all that. And I you know, and it's been a typically uh, you know, definitely center right, more right district. And Keith Swank has decided that he's had enough. Keith, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. 
So, um, do you ever use the word swanky, by the way? Just, uh, just, only yeah. me. Okay, so. I call him that all the time. But, <laughs> uh, but, but Keith, you're, you know, you, you've uh, obviously running for Congress is a big is a big step, and you know, give, give us a little bit about you know your decision making process on that. Well, in uh, 2012, I ran in the 8th Congressional District to give uh, conservative voters an option of a conservative candidate. And then after that, I took a little hiatus, and um, in 2018, I threw my hat in the ring for the United States Senate race in Washington State. And um, 29 people applied for that position, and on a shoestring budget, we got third place in the primary. And I'm very proud of that. We worked really hard to get our message out. And we only had 45 days to do it. We didn't have the money like the establishment candidates have. And um, we did a very good job. And my message resonated with the voters of the Washington state. And um, we believe that if we can get the message out to the people in the 8th, that we have a great chance of taking it back and making the Republican held again. Now, the Senate race is a statewide race. The congressional race is one of 10. So it's one-tenth of the state. So what is your message to the 8th district? My message is this. President Trump was elected to do things and keep his promises to us, and we need to make sure we send conservative Republicans back to Washington, D.C. to help President Trump keep his promises to us. And promises are border security, a good economy, rebuilding the military, energy independence, and, um, and taking back America from the criminals. Yeah. Can you imagine what the, the president of the United States could actually do if he had support from the Congress? I think I think Keith has a real shot here. I mean, the yeah. the eighth, like I said, it's been traditionally that way. Um, you know, they had a, they had a candidate who was supposed to be great uh, last time, and you know, basically didn't make it. And and so we have a, a radical, kind of a left wing radical in there right now, isn't that right? Yeah, that's cor- correct. I mean, she's a pediatrician that agrees with abortion up to the moment of birth i mean i i can't even fathom that um it just doesn't make any sense and there's some bills going through congress where they're talking about um you know after a botched abortion the baby's born and then possibly being able to terminate the life and that i mean it's just it's incredulous to me that somebody that is a doctor of babies could behave that way or vote that way or think that way from a from a, a national level, and your background is being a police officer and, and uh, an officer in Seattle PD here, um, law law and order, national level, you know, defending our borders, uh, defending our nation. Um, where do you see yourself? If, well, what I believe is um, in my uh, campaign motto is that we have to keep our republic safe. And by doing that, the first and most important thing for us to do is build a physical barrier, a physical wall on the southern border. If we do that, we can stop. Most of the drugs, the methamphetamine, the heroin, from coming across our borders, we can keep the drug violence from coming across our borders, the drug cartels, MS-13s in every state, all 50 states now, we need to stop that. And all this violence is coming across. Everything we can boil down to, if we have a border wall, it would make America safer. We'd be safer from violence homelessness, drugs, all that stuff would decrease. It would make America great again. Fantastic. So, uh, a, you know, just recently in a certain large metropolitan area here in Washington State, we had about, I think, three shootings in like 24, 36 hours, something like that. Um, you know, as a uh, person who's uh, involved in law enforcement, why, why do you think those shootings happened? Well, it's multifaceted, but one of the big things are it's 
the police officers are out there every day, day in and day out, doing their job and arresting the bad guys and putting them in jail. But after we get finished doing that, our hands are tied and it runs over to the legal system. And the legal system has been changing throughout the years. I've been a cop for 30 years. We used to put people in jail for a long time for, for committing crimes. But as years went by, we voted in Democrat or left-leaning judges, they started becoming lenient on crime. And a lot of the reasons why they said was because the criminal justice system is racist. And until people start thinking about criminal justice system as being blind to everything except for the crime itself, which it is and should be, then we will still continue to have this problem. Okay, so a couple of these guys had, you know, huge arrest records, priors and all that stuff. I don't understand that. I'm not a cop, but... Um, but I do watch Adam 12 reruns. Well, they were both out on warrant and that kind of stuff. So they were criminals doing a gunfight. So it's interesting. And from a police perspective, obviously, it, there's a problem with leadership, given the resources and enforcing and then convicting those that actually commit crimes. From a national level, being a congressman, there are issues with sanctuary cities, issues, issues with drugs coming in and creating a, a culture of uh, drug cartels, right? Absolutely. One of the most important things we can do at the local level is to partner with our federal agencies. The federal agencies have lots of resources, lots of equipment to help us to be successful in combating crime, especially violent crime and drug crime and things like that. And if we don't work together with them, they're gonna continue on down this path of having open air drug markets, violence on the streets during rush hour and people trying to come to and from work, take their family out, go shopping and things like that. So we have to get a handle on it. So what you, uh, on that, and without putting you on the spot too much, but think on a national level, representing the state of Washington at the national level, helping Trump get his agenda passed, then you have a state government that really thumbs or nose at national policies like immigration or, or like sanctuary cities or we're not going to enforce certain rules. Or like we have a sanctuary state, basically. Yeah. Right. So the point about that is, is even though we have that, we have that enforcement at the federal level so we have to have people back in washington dc that say no washington state you can't have it your way this is the rules of the land and this is how we're going to uh, do it and if you do not um cooperate with us then we're going to take legal action against you and i believe we have to do that to uh, hold our politicians accountable in the state i mean and the other thing too is, is just go out there and we have to tell them about the reason why we have these crises going on in our state is because you continue to elect these politicians from the left and they're implementing these policies that are keeping us unsafe, not safe. What are the issues in the 8th Congressional District that unique that you can, you can address that your opponent, that the current person, isn't doing right now? Obviously, she's doing impeachment, so. Some of the things we need to talk about is... Um, is healthcare. Healthcare is very important. Everybody, um, for instance, I'm close to my retirement age uh, right now, but I have to worry about what I'm going to do for healthcare whenever I get finished um, with my career. How am I going to pay for healthcare? It's one sixth of the United States budget is healthcare, right? So we need to do something about healthcare. And I believe in free markets, like we have car insurance, you can buy it across state lines. People compete for it. You can pick what you want to have in your health care package. You can pick just catastrophic health care or whatever the case may be. And then also to give people the liberty and the ability to be able to 
be responsible for themselves, not depend upon the uh, United States government. I want to make sure that people understand what freedom really is about, and freedom is you being responsible for your actions. So healthcare is an important thing. Another important thing is um, uh, that I want to talk about and bring it home to the eighth, so they know about this clean energy stuff, like windmills, um, and how much energy it takes to make a windmill and get it set up and everything like that. They never produce that amount of energy again. And then if you're an environmentalist how it kills birds of prey and it kills all kinds of animals and things like that. And who else, who knows what else is going to come out as a result of that. And um, just go along with that. The people of the 8th understand that, that it's part rural, it's part uh, urban, and there's differences across the mountain pass and everything. But all in all, we need to make sure that we limit the government's control over our citizens. Now, now I heard the other day, um, it, I think it... Uh, think it's true it seemed like a reliable source that 95 percent of the salmon does get past the hydroelectric dams so we should go ahead and take those dams out then yeah exactly <laughs> and that's been the argument here is that about, about how it harms the salmon we've spent millions and millions and billions of dollars to make sure the salmon can get up the river the fact about the dams and the rivers we need it for transportation we need it for irrigation we need it for flood control and all kinds of things like that the whole eastern part of Washington, the breadbasket of Washington is because that we have these dams there that starts up at Banks Lake and all that water goes down through and irrigates the Moses Lake area and all of that. If we didn't have that, it would be a barren wasteland. One thing I want to say real quick too is that people talk about how we're cutting down trees and all this stuff and we're violating the, the environment. There are more trees in America now than there were when Christopher Columbus came here because we do a good job of replanting and making sure that we have a healthy environment. And I don't want the left to get, a, get away with saying that we conserve is a bad environment. Conservative means we conserve things. We take care of things. That's what we do. In Washington State, the number, I think it was 14 million board feet every year, additional gain in trees that we could be using. But where does all the electricity come from if you remove the dams? Right? Yeah, that's, that's the other coal, thing, Coal, baby. Coal, you coal. It'll have to come from coal, won't it? Yeah. So we want to outlaw coal. We want to outlaw fossil fuels. Um, and then what will we have? And then we don't cut down trees, so we outlaw toilet paper. We outlaw... Uh, yeah, hydroelectric stuff clearly is the most ecological, most yeah. you know, yes, environmentally it is. friendly. Is yes, crazy. It is. You know, um, we just have a, a, a couple minutes left in this segment, but uh, why should people get involved in politics this year, 2020? Why is that important? Well, this year is, in my opinion, the most important election of our lifetime, and definitely the most important election of my lifetime, and I'm 50, 51, soon to be 52 years old, um, because this is the the point where we have to decide, are we going to be America as we grew up in America, or are we going to change the whole idea of American um, life, American um, exceptionalism, exceptionalism yeah. and all of that? That's what is resting on this right now. That's how important it is. So is it more than just vote, or is it, I mean, obviously vote. Yeah, it's more than vote. And this is get behind a candidate, give a candidate money, work on their campaign, give them your time, give them your money, give them your energy. This is serious, serious business. Get out, testify, get out, do things. Call your website. My website, www.keithswankforamerica.com. You can follow me at Swank for America on Twitter, and we have a Facebook page too. Keith Swank, Good luck. Hope you win that thing. We're behind you. This is Doug and Marty versus the world, and we'll be back after this break.
When you want to take your business to the next level, nothing drives traffic and increases sales like TV advertising. And EasyTVSpots.com is your best choice for high quality, effective TV ads. Contact us today to learn how easy it is to reach thousands of your ideal prospects with targeted, addressable TV. Grow your sales, revenue, and profit the easy way with EasyTVSpots.com. Broadcast, cable, and online TV made easy. This is Claire. Claire has a great business, and she wanted to advertise on YouTube, but she didn't know how. It was all so confusing. Setting up an account, choosing keywords and demographics, and she didn't know how to make a video. <gasps> then Claire discovered the secret to great YouTube ads. The experts at EasyYouTubeAds.com took care of all the details, from account setup and management to producing her video ads. Now Claire's friends all want to know how she got so smart. EasyYouTubeAds.com. No experience necessary. For our government to work the way it was intended, citizens from all walks of life must volunteer to run for elected offices. But how do you begin? EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com can help. You'll receive expert help to navigate your campaign and communicate your message. From candidate filing to voters pamphlet statements, fundraising and social media, you'll find what you need to run an effective and affordable campaign. EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com. The road to victory starts here. Well, if it was up to me, it'd be round three. Oh, I guess it is up to it me. It is up to you this time, maybe, <laughs> huh? <laughs> this is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. You know, Doug, it's funny. Everybody loves babies. Everybody loves puppies. I like new people jumping into the political realm. You know, the other thing that everybody loves is ice cream. That's true. I hate to say that, but our guest uh, is Jack Walsh. He is jumping into the state legislative race in the 30th district, which is kind of Auburn, Federal Way, that, that Western Washington. So our Eastern Washington guys know there are people over there who are uh, willing to fight the, fight, fight the good fight. And the district actually used to be pretty much Republican, and it just recently kind of made a switch to the D side. Well, Linda Coachmeyer was over there for a while, right? Yeah, right. And, uh, and so we're, we're hoping to get it back. But Jack actually owns... A sub-zero ice cream uh, outfit, which is the place where they instantly freeze it using oh, hydrogen. Cool. Have you ever yeah. seen that? Yeah. Oh, dude, not it's the one of my tiny fi- little balls, right? But the bigger. Nah. Ice no, cream. he yeah. puts the he. I it's mean, not, it's like it's not dipping dots. It's, it's like it's a magic not, show. Not, 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 not dipping dots. We freezes so fast. Ice crystals won't have time to grow. So the smoothest, creamiest ice cream ever. The best ice cream there is, and we are going to have send some of the best people to Olympia. There we go. Also. There you go. So, so, so a business owner that makes great ice cream, ice cream would be good, especially for all the uh, juvenile behavior in they, Olympia, the, right? <laughs> you know, you know when you guys, you guys were talking about uh, before we went on the air, you were talking about people having people. Uh-huh. Jack's my birthday ice cream birthday cake guy. He's like, he's always like, he knows when he gets a personal call on his cell phone from me. It's like Doug wants a birthday cake for somebody. No, so. we, we've always talked about how fun it is to run. Um, but there, there is a cost. There is a time when you're a business owner, uh, like both of us are and have been. It's you, you have to, uh, take your time from what you're doing and, and manage it well so you can invest and talk to people about the issues. So you're clearly live in the neighborhood, you live in the community, been involved, you run a business, um, what brought along this decision and how are you doing it so far? Well, just recently uh, started, I've been thinking about it for a while. You know, uh, 25, 30 years ago, I thought someday I'm going to run for office. That desire left me so many years ago and I've had zero, zero, zero desire to run for office. I've helped with a lot of campaigns. 
helped with dozens of campaigns, very been very active, outdoor belling, sign waving, on the telephones, working with numerous campaigns. And I always thought that's where I want to be. But the last few months, it has just been weighing on me heavily that that is not what I should be doing. I should be running for office myself. And I didn't really want to, but it's when weighing on me that that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Watch out. Now you've been bit by the bug. It's going to be, well, it's, 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 yeah. it's a different level when you run. It's more, it's fun. It's exciting. It, it is always like, okay, ah, uh, do I do this? And then you jump in and all of a sudden you're wild. Hey, this is actually pretty cool. People like me. People hate me yeah, <laughs> too, but. People already like me. I, I, I make ice cream. Right. Yes. right? Everybody likes man, me. Right? So, so suddenly some of those people are no, no longer going to like me. But uh, at least I, I have a maybe an unfair advantage because I start with people liking me. There we go. This is one of those things, though, where you where all along you've been involved helping others. You understood there was a call to the political arena anyway because you wanted to make a difference. At some point in time, it comes to oh, I guess I'm the guy that needs to be on the front lines making a difference, right? That's right. I mean, for years, I've been very involved with the community, with a lot of volunteer efforts in the community, active, very active in the community, uh, always with the intent of just helping our area be a better, a better place to live, our little corner of the world to be a, be a better place, with zero intention to, of, uh, of ever running. Uh, now with running those efforts that I've made to make the community better, it's, it's actually paying off in many ways because I'm, I'm well known in the community. I, I believe that I'm well respected by most people. Uh, the, uh, we just finished up a campaign last, uh, uh, last November on not allowing pot shops in the federal way. It was the second time four years ago we were doing the same thing again. And that question came up on the ballot, an advisory vote to the city council, uh, by the city council. And uh, so we, we managed that campaign. Uh, there's a few people out there who are not fond of me because I uh, uh, don't want pot shops in federal way. Uh, but, uh, but we won. Uh, our little campaign, funded by $3,800 in, uh, in funding, uh, beat a $84,000 campaign financed 100% by the cannabis industry. And so it's kind of David and Goliath, and, and David won that one. Well, I've, heard so, it, I've heard it here, too. The story as you connect, the message that you connect, typically uh, 10 to 1, you can win, but you have to go up there and work out. You have to outwork it, it's your gonna take, yeah. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of work. Uh, I still have not declared for sure which position. Both positions are, are viable. There's been, they've been playing musical chairs. Uh, with the legislative positions from the, the 30th district, mm -hmm. and uh, most both positions are uh, viable. Are who I expect to be either one of my Democrat opponents. I I know them personally. Nice people, um, they, but they're they, crazy. They, they they in their mind they want what is best for the community, but they are terribly misguided. It's funny they they t the le political left, the Democrats, tend to recruit and elect um, nice people that are nice on the surface, but they, they fall in line with these terrible policies that are bad for our communities, bad for our, um, the, the job environment, bad for you name it. Uh, and you're like, how does this happen? They're such nice people. Well, there's a reason, right? That's why you need people with your experience that has a business background, that's been fighting for a while, that knows their neighborhood, that actually 
advocates for things that make people better, right? Absolutely. And and I'm I'm very concerned about the community, about the state. One of the most critical issues to me is the uh, the so-called so-called uh, homeless issue, which is really more of a uh, an addiction and mental health uh, issue. Uh, I feel very strongly that 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 needs to be taken care of. It has affected my business. I've had people in uh, uh, shooting up in the restroom in my shop. Uh, two weeks ago, we had somebody that, that OD'd right there. The, uh, the police and paramedics had to come by and give him uh, a Narcan. And uh, basically, for about an hour on a busy Friday evening, my shop was shut down because nobody's going to be walking into the shop when uh, there's a, a, a drug, addict, drug addict there being treated by paramedics and with the police right there. And if it was just my shop, it'd be one thing, but it is many, many businesses, not just in Federal Way in the 30th District, but throughout the state, particularly Western Washington. It has an, uh, an impact on, on, uh, on small businesses, businesses of all size. It has an impact on uh, the perception of safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by, yeah, that's by what the I residents. was just thinking, too. You know, you, you're uh, the... You're, you're the guy that hires the high school kids and the young people, right, to come in and work. It's not a safe environment for them. That's not a safe environment for them. You're right. Yeah, and, and I have hired many. Uh, that, that's kind of getting off on a different different subject. But in the eight years we've been in business, we've hired uh, more than 100 high school students. Most of them, it was their first-time job. But uh, but going back to the, the, the addiction and, and mental health uh, question for just a moment, uh, with that... I do not think that it is being compassionate to let people who are mentally ill or uh, have, have severe drug addiction problems be living on the street, defecating on the sidewalk, uh, living that type of lifestyle. It's shooting not drugs. It's yeah. shooting drugs, going in business and shooting drugs. Uh, it is not the right thing for the community, and more importantly, it's not the right thing for them. What's the role in this? I know that you don't have all the answers as you are a business owner stepping in. As you see a problem, you see that at your front door, you have real-world experience. Uh, obviously, your business background, you can know how to budget and all this stuff, which would be really needed in Olympia, by the way, versus a bunch of lawyers. But really, how do you see the role in the state in helping local municipalities like Federway and stuff deal with this rampant issue of drug use, non-enforcement of the law, crime, the drug cartels coming in, the gangs coming in? Uh, the defecating and all that kind of stuff. I, I think that there's two basic fronts. One, I, it's kind of a, a, a carrot and a stick. Uh, one, I think that laws need to be strictly enforced by the police and then prosecutors actually prosecuting. If the prosecutor doesn't prosecute, the police are going to give up on it, which they largely have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, when was the last time that somebody was prosecuted for a minor drug offense? Uh, it, it doesn't. It doesn't, doesn't happen. happen. Yeah. But yet, if if the those people who are living in the encampments, who are living on the street, if they are prosecuted, if they are given the choice between jail and actually going into treatment, you know, some of them, not all of them, but some of them will opt for treatment if if it becomes difficult enough for them, but that treatment needs to be available immediately, mm-hmm. not, and, and that's one thing, you can't put somebody that's ready for treatment, they just have a short window when they're amenable to treatment, you can't put them on a two-week waiting list. The political left has cried for years, oh, our mental health system's broken, what are they, what are they done though? They've done nothing they've, to fix it. Their leadership has caused, uh, created the decertification 
of Western State Hospital. That's what they've done. So they're out on the streets now, mixed in with drug abuse, with homelessness, whatever, abusing citizens. So that has to be addressed as well on a state level, right? That, that is correct. That is correct. So, you know, it just it's it's stunning to me. I've 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 lived in the area for getting close to twenty years now, and I always just saw Federway as this you know bedroom community. It's a commute into Seattle kind of place to live. You know, um, a lot of the outlying communities like that. It's you know, I mean, Federway's got an, a, a you know decent local economy and stuff like that. But you would not have thought that Federway was going to be facing you know injections and in, in restrooms and small businesses, things like that. I just you know it never would have occurred to me. And so I just want to encourage our listeners, you know, maybe maybe this didn't happen in your community, but it's coming to a community near you. And so that's why we want to, you know, we want to, um, you know, it's kind of like what they say. We, we fought World War II over there, so we didn't have to fight it over here, right? It's that kind of thing. So, you know, let's help Jack out. Let's help others out over here in the West. Exactly. And and, uh, even if you're in, you know, Spokane or Tri-Cities or something. Jack Walsh. And and what's your website? It is uh, electjackwalsh.com. And it's W-A-L-S-H. So don't put a C in there. Sometimes people put C's in Walsh. They spell it wrong. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, actually, it probably had a C, and you guys probably dropped it because, you know, American. But um, (laughs) uh, but anyways, uh, you know... This stuff is, it, it's, it's, uh, if we don't get it, if we don't perform surgery, the cancer will spread and it's headed out. And so at a state level, obviously that gives us a chance. Yeah. And also, you know, we're in King County that we have actually have seven precincts in Pierce County and uh, in Milton, but most of the, of the 30th district is in, in King County. And sadly, some of those King County uh, legislative districts, I mean, we're, we're not going to be turning them red, unfortunately. But the 30th district, there is a genuine opportunity to turn it red. So if you folks, I mean, if you're one of those, if, if you're living in downtown Seattle and you don't have a chance, come on down to Federal I'm, Way I'm going to disagree with you. Everything, and, uh, everything is possible. Any district is possible. Uh, we got just a second or two. What do you think, what do you want to say to people that are thinking about running? Uh, run. We need help. We need good people in Olympia. Thank you. That's electjackwalsh.com. Dot com. And uh, this is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. Be right back. This is Claire. Claire has a great business and she wanted to advertise on YouTube, but she didn't know how. It was all so confusing. Setting up an account, choosing keywords and demographics, and she didn't know how to make a video. Then Claire discovered the secret to great YouTube ads. The experts at EasyYouTubeAds.com took care of all the details from account setup and management to producing her video ads. Now Claire's friends all want to know how she got so smart. EasyYouTubeAds.com. No experience necessary. For our government to work the way it was intended, citizens from all walks of life must volunteer to run for elected offices. But how do you begin? EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com can help. You'll receive expert help to navigate your campaign and communicate your message. From candidate filing to voters' pamphlet statements, fundraising, and social media, you'll find what you need to run an effective and affordable campaign. EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com. The road to victory starts here. Well, there it is, four bells, and uh, it's a happy sound, uh, even though it's the saddest sound in radio, it's kind of a happy sound. Uh, Doug and Marty versus the world. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon, barely winded on the show on Doug and Marty versus the world. Welcome back. 
Well, what great, you know, we have great candidates this year. We still have time for more candidates, brother. We have more candidate time to, for people to run this year. Someone said to me the other day, I had an event where I spoke at, I was a keynote on a faith and politics event. Yeah, I saw go, that. Yeah, I didn't they go, see the event, yeah. but I saw the event. After it was over, I went, oh, yeah. thanks for inviting me to that, Marty. Oh, I did. Well, you were invited. <laughs> anyway, we <laughs> had a great I, crowd. But I'm not the, a Facebooker. The comment was, there's going to be huge to- coattails this year for the Trump. And I, I, I thought about it. Hey, Doug should be here. Because that's what he's been saying the whole time. And so, uh, as the economy is going great, the military, man, I know we're dealing with the coronavirus. Just go to DougBassler.com, hit donate. Yep, it's there we go. Marty, Marty you can right, do that right now. DougBassler.com, hit donate. DougBassler.com, that's right. It helps. But Huge sport coattails. now, coattails now, but also there's opportunity. Lots of races available. If you're thinking about it, this is going to be a great year. To you do. know, filing week is until May. Right. But, um, you know, it's already March. And uh, tomorrow is March 1st. And um, so we want to, you know, it's time to get busy, get going. You know, another thing that happens on in filing week, Marty, as you know, is we also file to be PCOs, precinct committee officers. Now, you just recently moved, so I expect you to file in your precinct. Is there a PCO in your precinct? There is. I'm the captain. That's now, okay. You can, you can take them. Yep. <laughs> I've won my PCO race every, yes, every year. I, so have I. So th- there is that. There is that. the victory. But a PCO, <laughs> a precinct committee officer, uh, what is that? Bottom line, you are the party representative for your neighborhood. You're, a precinct basically is, is a couple neighborhood size. And so- Usually um, about what, 200 maybe houses? Yeah, 200 yeah a, couple, homes. a couple hundred homes. And really, uh, anything to do, you can actually perform your own committee. You can form your own- uh, caucus if you want to, and, and then bring the information to the, the, your neighbors and, and invite them to events, but also get them involved in the party apparatus. It is the official position that you represent that neighborhood at the county party, which allows you to elect leadership, which of course from, from that you can elect state leadership that basically says, how's the platform going? How do we, uh, who do we give money to? It's really powerful. It when is the people, elected position. So. Sure. When people yeah. want, people say all the ass all the time, how can I get involved with a party? Mm-hmm. And we say PCO and they're like, what's a PCO? Well, PCO is the party. The mm-hmm. party is made up of PCOs. If you're officially a PCO, not to say that you can't be a volunteer, you're not in the party if you're not a PCO. But if you want to make decisions, like Marty just said, on who the leadership is in your county, you have to be a PCO to do that. If you want to help make decisions on what the, what the platform is going to be for the county party and for the state, you have to be a PCO because we vote, PCOs vote on that stuff in the, the county conventions and the, the precinct caucuses, which are going on today, um, will be uh, at a precinct caucus today. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, precinct caucus happens every four years on the presidential year. The county conventions happen every four years. On the, you know, so there's, it's important. But you still want to be, to go, so you, it's really easy. You just go to SOS, that stands for Secretary of State, dot wa, dot gov, SOS dot wa, Washington State, mm-hmm. dot gov, government office, right? And you, you can, in filing week, which, which I believe is second week of May, mm-hmm. um, and then you've got Monday through Friday, you click on file and then filings, and then you can go in and you can just do it. You can just file for the, for the PCO race. You have to declare a party. Obviously, our listeners are 
99.999% Republican. So you'd say, I'm a Republican. I'm filing for PCO. It'll, it'll find you. You put your address in, it'll find your precinct for you. You, can have, you don't even have to know what precinct you're in. So it's super easy. Um, take that step, right? And that's mm-hmm. how we got started, right? That's how I got started. Before I ever ran for Congress, before I ever got involved in anything else, the first thing, the first step was being a PCO and learning how to do this stuff. And so it's just, you know. My first so step was actually running for office. But still, yeah, I, I guess. You <laughs> ran for office before you were a PCO. Well, you know, you've always been a little, you know. A little backwards. Impatient, so, you know. <laughs> impatient brother. <laughs> Focus on, yeah, I got a great story for our lot. But, you know, and that's the other point. side of it, too. If yeah. you're not a PCO, we still want you to run for office. Okay, exactly but right. I'm just, we're, I, you know, it's 2020. It's time for us to get vision. It's time for us to get focus. It's time for us to do something. The president is awesome. He's doing a very nice job. He's very pro-life. He's very pro-Israel. He's, he's doing a good job with, with judges. He won this, uh, this case uh, just the other day. It was in the news. He won the case on appeal that he can withhold money from sanctuary cities. Did you see that? Oh, I my did. gosh. That's I think it's huge. fantastic. I know they're going to challenge it the Supreme Court. But the, he will win there as well because it isn't within the right of the executive to do that. Bottom line is the sanctuary cities and sanctuary states are thwarting federal law. If you don't like the law, change the law. But at this point in time, you can't just thumb your nose at it and, and say, one, complain the federal government doesn't help when you want them to, like the home situation in California or the, the drug-infested abusers or whatever. Or, or, but, or on the flip side, uh, have sanctuary cities, not enforce the rules, not enforce the law, allow people to have, be multiple offenders, make people make places unsafe. Yeah, no, you can't do that. So it's good um, because there has to be some teeth in the laws that we have in order to have law and order, in order to have safe cities, in order to have safe school districts for that matter. So uh, I think well, it's we, good, good news. We are, you know, we are in the midst of a major battle for the heart the soul and the mind of America. This is it. And 2020, you know, I heard it said years ago, I want to say maybe 10 years ago that every election would become increasingly more important over the next, you know, whatever. And that's continuing. This year is more important than 2018. 2018 was more important than 2016 and so on. They're getting more and more important. It's not just presidential year, but we have the governor, we have the Lieutenant governor, we have the the, the uh, office of superintendent of public instruction, the school yep. guy, right? We have, yep. we have Supreme court justices. We have all kinds of, of things that are on there. Every single house seat in the Washington state legislature and one half of the Senate seats all up for election this year. It's, this is critical. This is critical. Now for our listening audience, which is a Christian station. So most of you are assuming you are a believer, conservative, conservative. Um, this really is, I said this, I'm quoting myself from the speech I gave the other day for the faith in politics. Um, they were talking about how do we get ready for the battle ahead? I go battle ahead. We're in battles one after the other, but we're in a spiritual war that's being fought in the political arena, in the cultural arena, in the family arena, in the business arena, all these different places where we're already in the battle. And we'll have ongoing battles in the overall spiritual war. So we need to pray, but we also need to be engaged. Everywhere we as believers aren't engaged is where we're getting our tail kicked, where uh, the left, the, the spiritual de- dead or a spiritual anti-God is in politics. They're engaged in politics winning seats and passing these laws that dictate things against our conscience. So it's really, 
we want to defeat it, we have to pray and then obey. And that's part of why we're encouraging people to run and get engaged. But to stand, stand on your faith because it's important. This really is. It's all connected. Our and families, begin, the taxes, it's all connected in the spiritual battle. Right. And, you, you know, one of the things I really liked about, I still have, you know, one of your T-shirts from last year. You know, you put right on there uh, that verse from Jeremiah, be bold, be courageous, you know. Um, and that's what it's going to take right now is we're going to have to, it's going to take courage. It's going to take initiative. And that comes through praying, right? Mm -hmm. That comes through reading your Bible, connecting with God, get close to Jesus, and then do what he calls us to do and be bold and be strong and be very courageous. And, and, um, uh, and that, that's what it's going to take to win. You know, we have this comprehensive sex ed bill that's kind mm -hmm. of trying to work its way through Olympia. It came back again this year. It's going to come back again next time. Uh, we have some champions. You know, we have uh, Matt Shea uh, mm -hmm. from Spokane there. We have Jesse Young over here from the 26th District, the uh, Gig Harbor, Tacoma area. Um, we have other champions that are in there. They're fighting. They're using procedures. They're using amendments. They're using whatever they can to stop, to slow down. This thing is wicked. Yep. You don't shout out the, shout out the gym walls as well. But yeah. Exactly. You don't teach fourth graders how to masturbate. That isn't a classroom, you know, it was reading, writing, and masturbation. I mean, there come on, people. Pages in the curriculum. This is and Doug's not sugar sugarcoating this at all, if I can speak today. Um, they have pictures uh, with third graders saying that um, that sex toys are appropriate and if you don't have them use a fruit or vegetable in its place this is not appropriate to any age much less to our kids in our public school system um, so this 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 is this is not just conjecture this is they're trying to pass a law and and, and thank god we have people fighting but with the fact that you and i can name the three or four that we know that are champions means we need a whole lot more in there. Uh, so this doesn't even come up. I agree. And, you know, and one of the things, you know, just scientifically, it's been proven that um, when this type of curriculum has been introduced in schools, 300% increase in STDs, sexually transmitted diseases, 300% increase. Because, you know, I don't know if you remember when you were young um, last week. Yeah. <laughs> indestructibles right that's right. somebody else the disease happens to somebody else the pregnancy happens to somebody else the all the stuff you know not me i'm invincible right. they call us the invincible you know when you're young they call you the invincibles why invincibles don't have health insurance or life insurance mm -hmm. or whatever and it's not it's simply not the case it is going to it can happen to you there's you know countless stories of of kids who you know got stds on their first time who got pregnant on their first time and these types of things and you know, abstinence is not being taught. And, no. and there's, you know, there's something, there's a, an anointing of wickedness on this curriculum. And, uh, you know, God gave us a commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery. Okay. Right. And that's, that then encompassed a lot of stuff, but it's, okay. sec, it's sex I don't wanna, out of I don't marriage. Wanna, yeah. I don't want to rant because this has been pushed at every state and every level across the starts, you know, with the transgender, with the bathrooms, with the same sex, whatever it may be. You have a presidential candidate in Pete Buttigieg, not only married to a man, uh, but was encouraging on stage at a rally a nine-year-old to come out and be gay. At nine, you have no idea what you should be, and you should not be encouraged by grown people on a stage under pressure to choose to be gay. This, this, is, this is immoral, but it's wrong. I mean, it's, it's dangerous. This, that's, ugh. Anyway. Uh, without getting me too far off here, I don't want I don't want to end the show without saying something positive. 
when Donald Trump visited the Ahmadi in India, um, and they he walked off the plane as they first met the the whole procession, they played Macho Man. I thought it was funny, but that shows respect to me that they're singing Macho, playing Macho Man to Donald Trump. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, come on, it is appropriate <laughs> for that guy. He is tough. We're tough too. You know, we're not those kind of Christians. Right. Uh, we're the ones that are willing to stand up to fight. Uh, we don't use the weapons of this world, but, uh, you know, we, we have the ballot box. We have our voices. We have the word of God. We have each other. Let's be encouraged and get out. This is going to be a great year. This is a year we're going to have the victory. It's going to be awesome. And I'm so glad my best friend's Marty McClendon. Because <laughs> we, we fights. Yeah. <laughs> That's it for the day, but you know, there's always next week. We can come back next, next week and do this. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. Two best friends fighting the system together back to back with you. See you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>